0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus, winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Turn to Luke chapter number two. Also, in this coming year, hoping. Least got some things scratched down on the calendar. Going to utilize my wife a few times through the year on some Wednesdays. Uh, this new year, uh, just kind of conveying some of the things that. She has learned whenever she was in school. And so the whole month of February is going to be hers on Wednesdays speaking about marriage. And so that will be something that you can look forward to. And there will be other sessions throughout the year where she's going to talk about sexual purity and grief and loss and so on and so forth. And so uh, looking forward to that. And I got a line out to Brother Mason uh, about some things as well for the coming new year. And so that uh, we have some other voices uh, be able to speak capable quite capable voices to speak into our life some things may be more spiritual others might be more practical but you know what uh, the book of james is a very good indication that there is a good blend of practical and spiritual that's necessary for the christian walk in the christian life luke chapter number two i'll try to be mindful today i told them that uh, we're involved in some our our platform that is uh, the masons and and such as we were conversing back and forth late last night about today I said I was not, I didn't plan on being long-winded. I didn't plan on being long-winded today on this New Year's, or this rather Christmas Eve service. Luke 2, verse number 7. I'm going to skip around. I'm going to read one verse and then read another. I'm just skipping around here in Luke 2. So start with me in verse 7, and I'll tell you where to go from there. And uh, as a side note, Bishop always said that sermons didn't spoil this thing's been simmering for a year last year if you'll remember we all there was sickness running rampant through the church and, and I was sick on New Year's Eve and Christmas last year and we didn't have service end up having any services on Christmas there was just so much sickness we canceled it and everybody in my family went through with a virus but during all that I was putting together a sermon for Sunday until then the red dot got on me and so This thing has been simmering for a year. And so I went back over and looked through it and maybe just added just a tidbit, but I thought it was okay from where it was. So we're going to go with it today because I've never given it. Amen. And it's still just as crucial and critical for this morning as it was a year ago. Luke 2 and verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. If you'll skip down to verse 12, this is the angel speaking to the shepherds, and it says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then if you skip down to verse 16, the shepherds' arrival at that particular location, the Bible says they came with haste found mary and joseph and the babe lying in a manger it's three very very distinct phrases that are constantly in all three of these verses and it's about a babe lying in a manger and so this morning for a little while i want to to minister talk to you whatever we will term this when it's all said and done about the babe in a manger the babe in a manger amen let's ask this morning as i pray that we would ask the spirit of god to touch our hearts afresh on this story this morning father i come to you today i'm asking oh god for your anointing i'm asking oh god that you revive lord our thoughts and our feelings god toward lord jesus god this incident this story god more than this story but god this truth god that's relayed here today i pray lord you're able to help me to convey a message Help me to convey a message, Lord, that families as they gather, Lord, with, Lord, their loved ones this this Christmas, that they will ponder, consider in their hearts, Lord, and in their minds. I pray, O Lord Jesus, today, God, let your spirit invade, Lord, this sacred place and space today. Lord touch us afresh and anew I know God there's a lot of things Lord that will happen perhaps in the next 48 hours Lord of people's lives but I'm asking oh God let there be a holy pause here Lord Jesus this morning and God a reflection I pray oh God today oh Lord and I'll not fail to thank you and praise you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ I pray amen and amen and the church say amen amen you may be seated this morning in Jesus name Jesus name the babe in a manger Christmas a little town called Bethlehem a star in the sky wise men bearing gifts gold, frankincense and myrrh shepherds watching their flocks by night Angel with good tidings of great joy. Joseph and Mary, the babe in a manger. Even the most simplistic of nativity scenes have a babe in a manger. You may get by without the animals. You may get by without the wise men. You might be able to spare an angel or some shepherds but the scene would never be considered complete never be adequate without a babe in a manger if someone's going to go to a store today or during this time of year and going to purchase a nativity scene and they don't have all the money. I know my wife in particular, we have a, a, a willow tree nativity scene and over the years we have purchased it somewhat in stages. If you didn't have all the money to purchase a full-blown nativity scene and you was going to do it in stages, that person will most likely at least purchase Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. I mean, it'd be unthinkable to go to the store and purchase the livestock and the shepherds and then somewhere along the way in the fifth year finally acquire the baby Jesus because everything else seems to kind of center around the babe in a manger. As a matter of fact, all across America during this particular time of year, there are people, even with their most plainest Christmas programs and they might be operating on a very deficient crew and a very minimum budget, at least in their program. They're going to have some little girl carrying a bound up ragged baby or doll to a manger. I mean, she's walking in, it's hard pressed against her chest and seemingly suffocated as little girls do with their embrace, suffocating the play baby you know, in her arms and all the audiences there, you know, the setting, the dimming of the lights and the lighting, and they're there with bated breath, and they're mesmerized by the thought of, oh, here's the reenactment of the baby Jesus and Joseph and Mary, this most notable occasion. Eyes are wide, mouths are open, they are all struck all over again over their children and grandchildren and a babe in a manger. I remember one Christmas cantata I was a part of as a kid. I don't remember if I was a shepherd that year or an angel, but I was rarely an angel. But nevertheless, Jesus wasn't a doll that year, but he was an actual baby that year in our Christmas cantata, a baby that someone had given birth to a few months prior, and it was during our performance that the crowd was spellbound as the character Joseph sang the song Little Yeshua to that live baby that he was holding in his hands Everyone was just amused looking at a real baby in the hands of a real man. It's expressions, it's unintelligible sounds that were going on from that child. I remember it so well. I don't remember if that's the same year I fainted while we were singing or not. But nevertheless, I remember that year. But what's not to love? What's not to love about a babe in a manger? What's not to love about a newborn baby? The softness of its skin. The innocence of its flesh. It's little eyes that are closed and each little toe and softness of its feet. And it seems to be helpless as we look at it. But really just answers to our desire of being needed, the helplessness of a child. It's only in those moments that we realize that perhaps, you know, I was the one really that was in need of help by the presence of this child. We carry it as we do newborn babes. Oftentimes we carry it where we desire. We lay it down. When we wish at times, we can talk as much as we would like to with it or to it without it interrupting us outside of maybe a little cry here or a whimper there as they even grow older, a little coo there. I mean, everybody loves the sweetness of a baby. Everybody loves the sweetness of a baby. And whenever adults engage in baby talk, they're not just talking to the baby. They are also talking for the baby giving speech to the speechless. Huh? I mean, it's an infant for crying out loud. Our word infant comes from a Latin word that means non-speaking. So if you're going to have baby talk, you're going to have to talk for the baby and you're going to have to talk to the baby. And though the angels emphatically told the shepherds a Savior was born, that Savior was cloaked in humanity. He was bound by a robe of flesh. And he was willfully limited by the development of his human experience. And though the Bible says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And John said that that word had been in the beginning with God, even was God. That word had become flesh. It had become the babe in a manger. The Word had become an infant. The Word had become a non-speaking, speechless child. Now, at this time of year, the majority of society will pause over the next few days to consider Christmas. For many people, this is their favorite time of year. It's a time that is spent with family. It's a time that is spent with friends. My wife told me the other day a statistic that Per individual, each individual, this is a statistic, spend on average $1,000 for buying Christmas for other people. It should be a holy pause, and for many it is. And among the reason why people enjoy this season is because it's that time of year, as I've already stated, where we can hit the reset button for Christ in our life. It's the true activists that are chanting, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. But I say unto you this morning, perhaps the concealed meaning for many in keeping Christ in Christmas is keep him in Christmas as long as he is in a manger. The world knows nothing better than to get Christ back in a manger as a non-speaking, speechless word. It was just a limited group of people on that particular night that had problems with a babe in the manger in Bethlehem. You know that Herod sought out to kill him, sought out his death not because he was a baby, but because he was a baby that would become a man. He was a baby that was destined to be the king of the Jews as those old-time prophets had prophesied. But the process of life is very certain, ladies and gentlemen. The baby turns into a boy who the Bible says in the temple at the age of 12 was asking and answering questions of doctors in the temple. The boy would become a man that challenged the life choices of every level of society of his then known time. He would not back down from even calling, the Bible tells us, the religious Hypocrites! No one really has an issue with a baby in a manger. Nobody has any issue with the sweetness of an infant child in the arms of his mother. Nobody has no problem with a little child or a baby that can't say anything per se or can't do anything per se. There's no, no intimidation from a baby. There's no threat from a baby. But it's later in the life of that child when it becomes the man, Jesus Christ that people started to take issue with the things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus had done. The Bible tells me that that man would heal a demon-possessed man in the contented country of the Gadarenes. And they requested then for that babe that everybody adored, they requested that the man just leave their country. He healed a sick man of palsy that was lying on a bed, the Bible says, and the scribes believed in their minds and hearts that that man, Christ Jesus, blasphemed. When there were publicans and sinners that gathered together around where Jesus, the man, was eating and sat down with him. The Bible says the Pharisees now are scratching their, their heads and they're questioning why is this man eating with such people as publicans and sinners. Amen. But Jesus ridiculed whenever he got older and had a voice. He ridiculed the cities that experienced his mighty works, his mighty power, but yet never did repent. Jesus healed on the Sabbath that was against their law. He mocked their sanctimonious traditions, but he's a man now. He can say something, and he can do something. He called them a generation of vipers. They didn't hear that at Bethlehem. He called them, amen, an evil and adulterous generation. He's a man now. He's no longer a baby in his mother's arms. He told them, you made my house that was a house of prayer. Now, your den of fees. He's a man now. He has something to say. He has an opinion on the matter. He challenged them with sayings like, whoever's going to be the greatest among you shall be your servant. Nobody heard that coming from the baby. Hallelujah. But they heard that coming from the man, Christ Jesus. So no wonder we like Christmas. No wonder we like Christmas. Because Jesus in a manger is much more manageable than a Jesus headed toward Calvary. And certainly easier to contend with than a resurrected Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it's the resurrected Jesus that said in the closing words and closing sentences of Mark 16, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Nobody heard that from the infant child, but they heard that from the resurrected Christ Jesus. So at this time of year, while people are playing paying homage, amen, to a manger, to a baby in the manger, to the nativities that have every child in the manger, they need to be hearing a voice in that same token that says unless you believe and are baptized, you shall be damned, and that you can be healed, and that you can have power, and you don't have to live life the way you always live life. They need to hear the man that's in the child. Someone say amen. Because I understand that at times we find ourselves either frustrated by his choice to say nothing or disappointed by what he has to say. If only he was just a babe again. If only he was just a child again. If Jesus was just a babe again in a manger, we could just drop by and admire him at our leisure. If he was just a babe again in the manger, we could hold him without really ever knowing what he thought or how he felt about us. That's why I presume that we love Christmas so much We're enamored with the idea of a Christ that came. But we're more enamored as him being a kid without any verbalization. Without being able to tell us how he felt. Because see, it doesn't make me uncomfortable holding a baby. Amen. That can't tell me anything. That can't criticize or speak into my life. But there's something about an adult that when they get a voice and they can give you an opinion about the matter in which you live in your life. I'm comfortable as long as I can keep him in a manger. Someone say amen. Don't get me wrong this morning. I am not Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm not here ball humbug and all that today. I'm not against putting Christ in Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against remembering that holy night. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. I'm not against remembering the holy night even when he was a child. Amen. That was born in Bethlehem. But folks, let me declare this. Let's put him in the manger as he is. Words and all. Deeds and demonstration and all. Let's not silence him. Let's not make him a speechless child. Again, Let's put him in the manger as he is with words of destiny, words of guidance, words of instruction for our generation and generations to come. Don't you think you'd get some eyes if next year we put a nativity scene outside, had Mary and Joseph and a grown up sitting in the manger? What's wrong with those folks? Nothing wrong with me. I just know that he has the ability to speak. See, because he was in human flesh, those constraints kept Jesus from talking. But he was still speaking, he was still speaking in his infant stage because the word had been made flesh. His very arrival was a message. His very life was a message. Can I tell you today that the God that was and is in Christ as a baby was not less God in Christ as the man that hung on the cross. The God that was in Christ in the manger was the very same God that was in Christ that was on the cross. And for every, for every man on the cross, every man that ever went to a cross started as a babe, so to speak, in a manger. But there is only one babe in a manger that was truly ever destined to be a man on a cross. And that's Christ the Lord. Nobody expects an infant Jesus to speak. No one expects a newborn Jesus to speak. And as a matter of fact, I don't read anywhere in Scripture where the child, where the infant ever abused his divine power to perform some type of... Nature defined action just because he was divine and had the capability to do so if he wanted to. But he waited for his proper hour. He waited for his proper time. He never, never, by no means abused his power. Though he was God, robed in flesh, he never abused his power and spoke through the lips of that infant child. Because humanity limited him or he allowed it to stating it like this the immaturity of his flesh kept the expression of God from taking place through him until a normal child would be able to speak the immaturity of his flesh kept the expression of God silent during those formative years but as the flesh matured As the flesh matured, God's will was echoed from the lips of Jesus Christ. And the deeds of God were played out through the body and the hands and the eyes and the voice and the feet of Jesus Christ. What I'm saying this morning is this. The babe in a manger is a picture really of the almighty God within immature flesh. It's almighty God in immature flesh. Let me tell you this morning, society is comfortable with an unexpressed God. Society is uncomfortable with an unexpressed God. There's a lot of people that like the idea of God. They like the idea of a higher power they like the idea of something out there that they can talk to and speak to and, and throw all their troubles on. They're fine with all that. They are comfortable with an unexpressed God. But what makes them nervous, what makes them on pins and needles is when that God doesn't just want to be their last resort. When that God just doesn't want to be the one that's spoken to. What makes them nervous is whenever He likes to speak back to them and into their life and into their circumstances and to what they're doing. But God, in essence, in Bethlehem's major was a God clothed in immature flesh listen and what society is comfortable with a babe in a manger or an almighty God in immature flesh what society is comfortable with is the very thing that was crucified the immature flesh no wonder some of his own disciples scoffed at the idea whenever Jesus was telling them scribes and Pharisees and some of the high priests are gonna take me and they're, they're gonna put me to death and on the third day I'm gonna rise again no wonder some of his own disciples scoffed at the idea of the death of his flesh Remember, because he even looked back at Peter and what does he tell him? He said, thou savorest not the things that be of God, but you savor the things that be of man. What's he saying? He's saying, you're catering to the flesh. You're catering to the flesh. He said, but it's that very flesh that must be crucified. It's that very flesh that must lose its life so to speak when we read and I'm coming really really, folks I ain't holding you long whenever we read in the Old Testament we read about the cloud the cloud that would come and veil the Shekinah presence of God the Shekinah presence of God many times that's the reason why they had the burning of the incense on the altar of incense before the holies of holies so that cloud could come in and veil from the incense the very Shekinah presence of God and so that cloud that, that veiled the very Shekinah presence of God and even the bush that Moses came upon in the desert that was burning a man that was burning with a con- with a consuming fire it would seem, and yet it was not being consumed. the fire and the bush are exactly what the flesh was to the spirit of God. What it does was this what the cloud, what the bush, what the flesh did in all those episodes. They make God's presence accessible. They make God's presence approachable. And oftentimes it makes us then a little too comfortable. Because had there not been no cloud for the holies of holies, I guarantee you those guys are going to be a little scared out of their wits going in there moses didn't have a bush but just had a fire going in the desert there's going to be a little comfort level that drop well humanity had been made comfortable by his presence being among them by being robed in flesh as a baby and what made him approachable and what made him acceptable and accessible often makes us too comfortable someone say amen Hallelujah. And just because, listen, just because it's a babe in a manger and it made us available does not mean we need to become complacent concerning the babe. That's what I say this morning as we pay homage to the manger, as they put it, of a non speaking, limited baby. Do not forget he housed the speaking in limitless God. And as the flesh of that child matured, God did speak and do some marvelous things through that man, Christ Jesus. But the greatest feat that Christ would ever accomplish is when the veil of his flesh. The flesh that had been with him since birth. The veil of his flesh was torn. Hebrews says that in that moment he consecrated a new and living way for us. Through the veil. That is to say his flesh if you can stand with me I'm closing so this morning it's not so much a babe in a manger we celebrate as much as it is the God in Christ that we celebrate as the refrains of an old hymnal speak and confirm veiled in flesh the Godhead see hell incarnate deity babes come quote-unquote in mangers every day babes come in mangers every day but God came in Christ once and once is all ill ever take and if we will accept him in a manger let's accept him in a manger as he is still speaking still doing and still even hearing the words that he closed the scripture with behold i come quickly they're focusing right now on his first coming as they look at the baby in the manger But they need to be focusing on His second coming because He's a baby. He's not a baby in a manger anymore. They're saying, oh, we're so glad that He came. And I'm saying, we need to become aware that He's coming again. This time not as a baby. They're caught in the past. Of a moment when a star came. Oh, but we had a great sign. Folks, we have signs today. There's signs in the heavens now. There's signs across the world now. But it's not going to be a baby this time. It's going to be the man. It's going to be the man. It's going to be the judge, the ruler, the king. He's speaking. He's speaking every time we show up in this church building. He's speaking every time you crack open that Bible and you read it. He's speaking every moment that you'll grow to a place of silence in your prayer and you'll have a little unction in your spirit about your day or about what you're supposed to do. He's speaking. He's speaking. He's not an infant anymore. He's not a babe anymore. He's not giving unintelligible sounds anymore. He's not non-speaking. He's a speaking God. He's a speaking God. He's a verbal God. He's a God with instruction and guidance. Can we close our eyes all across this building today? Someone just begin to raise their hands right now. Begin to raise their hands. God, in this season, I reflect. God, upon you coming. But, Lord, I look forward about your second coming. I reflect, God, as you limited yourself, Lord, to the humanity, Lord Jesus of mankind. But, Lord, I reflect, God, upon you dying and being buried and raised from the dead. God, with a potty that you could walk through walls with, ascending to glory. You're a speaking God. You have a will, God, and you want us to adopt that will as our own. Oh, God, I don't want to just be Lord Jesus, God, my eyes upon the child. Look at the pleasantness of its skin. Look, look, look at the innocence of who and what he is. God, you wanted to make a grand impact. You wanted to make a grand impact. We don't read much of you from the moment of your birth until you was 12. Then we don't read much of you from 12 until you started your earthly ministry. When things started happening, of you doing and saying a myriad of things. I pray, oh God, perhaps because the emphasis is not so much as whenever you were a kid but it's when you have the ability to speak and effect change in the lives of people i want you to consider for the rest of this season i want you to consider for the rest of the season Every time that you see a baby in the nativity scene, whether it's in a little collection in somebody's house, whether it's in lighted figurines in somebody's yard, whether it pops up on your television screen, every time you see a baby in the manger the rest of the season, I want you to imagine a full grown man sitting there in that stable. I want you to imagine a full grown man sitting there in that manger because, folks, he's not a kid anymore. Woo! Hallelujah! Let's raise our hands one more time as they begin to sing. These altars are open on a Sunday morning. If you want to pay homage to a manger today, do so with the mindset that he's a grown man now. He's a grown man now. He has the ability to speak, the ability to do. And I want to inquire of him, what would you have of me, Lord? What would you have of me, Lord? Lord! Hallelujah. He's no longer the thing that Mary would cradle in her arms. He's now the one that cradles Mary. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. ba Rabbah hasaya. Oh, these altars are open today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter